Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues in North Dakota. We're in Fargo today with Seth Babbitt of the band Tuesday X. It's Tuesday X, not Kai and not Tuesday Twitter, right? <laughs> no, you are correct. That okay. would be Tuesday X. Well, you know, because Twitter changed their name to X, so I thought maybe you changed yours from X to Twitter. I, who knows, okay? <laughs> no, I beat Elon to it. If anything, he's copying me, and I should take him to court. There you go. We'll talk to, <laughs> we'll talk to Seth here in a minute. I want to talk about River Ridge Farms, though. It's Vermont's recreation lover's dream. It's a gorgeous vacation rental nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is the escape to everything wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of fields with mountainous views, a, a pasture, a pond, a tree-lined river frontage. So go and enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Talk to the owner, Diana, about pet interaction because she's got uh, pigs and chickens and cows and and they just love human contact. Or stay in the comfortable modern farmhouse, which will sleep 11 guests easily. There's enough space there to throw events or just relax and rejuvenate in this beautiful Vermont landscape. Check them out, River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville. You have to say Jeffersonville in your search, okay? There's a dozen or more River Ridge Farms across the country. So if you're looking for this one, it's River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville. Same with Airbnb. If you want to find them, go to River Ridge Farms, Jeffersonville. It's River Ridge Farm, Vermont's recreation lover's dream. Seth Babbitt is our guest from Fargo, North Dakota, from another music place that uh, the more I do the show, the more I get surprised about these little pockets of great music and musicians. I thought I found that in Burlington, Vermont, but the more I do the show, I'm finding it's all over the country. So is that Fargo that's like this? Oh, yeah. Fargo. You you can ask so many different musicians if they have any stories from Fargo, and you'll be amazed by what they'll tell you. Really? Like what? Just... uh how receptive everybody is or how easy it is to get a gig no it's a very open community like there's just an energy here that's i don't know i've gotten to bigger shows like i've gone to shows in the cities i've traveled around and Mm -hmm. gone to local shows or big concerts and it's just people aren't as receptive as they are here i don't know what it is but Maybe it's because there's nothing to do in the fact that people are trying to do something. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. Like that. I used to joke that the best thing coming out of Joplin, Missouri was Highway 44. So, you know, I, I imagine people might have that mindset too, because Fargo is kind of isolated. You know, I've seen the movie, you know, <laughs> it is. And I mean, I think the movie actually took place mostly in Brainerd, but really, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a misnomer, but yeah. funny enough, I actually haven't even seen it since I was a kid. So I, don't I haven't seen it since you were a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about Tuesday X Band. That's your current project. What got you yeah. to there? And then what is Tuesday X? So let's talk about what got you there first. You said so, you were raised in a music family. Yeah. So Tuesday X started kind of just like as an outlet for my other bands in a way. So. I I was one of like four drummers in my hometown, so I played in probably like six bands at a time, most of them yeah. playing drums. But 
I also had a couple bands that I like wrote songs for, play guitar for, played bass, whatever. And uh -huh. I wrote a lot of songs. Like by the time I graduated high school, I want to say I had over 300 songs just written. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a small portion of them actually recorded, but like I was just going constantly. Yeah. And most of them I was able to play with my bands, but there were always a handful that I felt so much potential in that the other guys in my bands were just like, I'm not feeling that. Like, I don't get what you see in it. And I said, well, fuck you. I'm just going to go do it myself then. So yeah. I found like a four track recorder app on my phone and I just started layering demos on each other. Like I'd start recording a drum track and then I'd layer guitar and then bass on it and then find a way to like uh, stagger it so I can cheap some harmonies in there with one extra track and I mean, it sounded like garbage. I didn't know how to mix it or record it or anything, but I I put it out on spot. I put it out on SoundCloud, and I got good reception from it. And I figured, like, okay, well, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. And I called the Tuesday X. Uh, there was this there was this cartoon I watched when I was a kid. It was called The X's. It was like this Nickelodeon show about this spy family, and it was like. It was terrible. Like it was horrible. <laughs> it didn't go for longer than one season. Nobody remembers it, but I remember there was this character in the show. Her name was Tuesday X and she was like the teenage daughter in the family. And she was the only normal member of the family. Oh, and as well as that, like she was just like this, this punk chick, like uh -huh. green spiky hair, like, uh, plaid, plaid checker short skirt, like, yeah uh choker whole nine yards you know sexual awakening for a young right, child right. like me right right and i don't know looking back on that i was just like i love that so much i just love the contradiction in that type of character and i figured yeah. too like that just sounds like an emo band so i'm gonna start an emo band and call it tuesday x is that how you would define your music would be emo I would. I focus on the emotional impact of uh -huh. the music that I write. Like, I don't have, I kind of use emo as an umbrella term because stylistically it's more just like indie rock, indie uh -huh. pop rock kind of stuff. But I focus on like, not even just like lyrically, but like the way that I use combinations of chords or song lines to actually evoke like an emotional response from people. Uh huh. Your lyrics like, seem to do that. It's you, you seem you seem lyric driven to I mean, really yeah, get to people. Too. You want to get it's your message. Is that what it is, really? More or less, yeah. I mean, that's what I search for in music. I want to find people that connect with the way that I feel. I've always felt oh. very different from the people around me, and I've had a very difficult time expressing that and trying to relate to people. And music has always been the one way that I can kind of get that out in a way where people can kind of get it. Yeah. I mean, not everybody, but I found a few people who people have reached the... out to me after listening and they're just like, wow, I didn't think anybody thought that way. Thank you for that. I was going to say people of a like mindset that have a hard time trying to, not say pigeonhole, but define what's oh, yeah. going on with me and how do I say that? How do I express that? And you're able to give them words that you didn't wow. have, you know? So that's pretty awesome, man. It's yeah, cool. And it's hard. Like it took me a long time to recognize, but I'm a very niche, niche artist. Like yeah. 
I pull influence from a lot of different things, things that are popular and things that people haven't heard of. So mm -hmm. it kind of forms together into something that's familiar, but still kind of its own thing. And so it's really hard to find a common audience that can like gravitate around that. When I see a guy wearing a white snake t-shirt and he's playing Bach and Beethoven with a full fuzz buster pedal wide open, I'm I'm open to anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what's out there, man. I mean, there's just so much diverse music out there. That's why when I ask if you were emo, if your band, or if your music is emo, it's just one way, one of many ways to define a musical style. And uh, five other emo bands would listen to it and say, "That's not emo." Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. And and one of my old songs, there's like. There's this uh, copy paste rant that's gone around on Facebook for a while. That's like real emo is blah blah blah. Uh -huh. And during the outro of one of my songs for a previous album, I actually like recorded myself reciting that speech and put it as like an overlay at the end of the song, kind of like a mocking way of uh -huh. I know it's not emo. I don't really care. You're still listening anyway. That's right. So and thank you. <laughs> so that leads yeah. me to then CPR is not. Uh cardiopulmonary resuscitation then it's copy paste and rant right uh god i never actually thought of it like that so <laughs> i actually wrote the song after i got done taking a cpr class but oh, it no has kidding. nothing to do with it like oh <laughs> no uh the song itself is i mean the song comes from an album that's literally just me uh reevaluating uh, the end of a five-year relationship that I recently got out of at the oh, end wow. of last summer. And that's a song that I wrote like at the tail end of that relationship, kind of like me trying to assess where I'm at as a person and trying to validate to myself that even though I've made mistakes, I can still mm -hmm. be a good person and try to save that relationship. It didn't work out that way, but yeah. I mean... Was that kind of the idea was like, this is a last ditch effort. I got to try this kind of thing. That's what the message was, of the song is. Like, I got to give it one more try. Kind of like CPR. Yeah. In a sense, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to give it a listen. Okay. Yeah. The song is called CPR, our guest Tuesday X with band. Well, T Tuesday X band or Tuesday X. You just go by Tuesday X. Tuesday X. Tuesday X. Okay. Seth Babbitt from Fargo, North Dakota. The song again, CPR here on the Music of America podcast. Broken heart, I 
CPR with Tuesday X here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll be back with Seth Babbitt and talk a little bit more about a couple more of his songs. You know, we've all done this, right? You you find that perfect tone you're looking for, and then the club owner walks over to you and says, you know, you're a little too loud or something like that. You have to change that, which you've been spending all evening trying to achieve. You know, the tone, the one where you're always, always in the sweet spot. Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry Amps. The Lexi is a 100-watt amp that has at its core a vintage Plexi circuit. The Lexi has a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel. It has digital reverb, a tube buffered effects loop, depth control, an awesome voice switch, has considerably more gain than a Plexi does at volumes ranging from a whisper all the way to concert-level volumes, and is designed to be played, though, at those lower volumes. The two channels have their own gain and master control, but they share the EQ. It's really clever. Check him out at Landry Amps. He's got a YouTube channel where you can go and actually see the amps and see Bill Landry play through them so you get a feel of not only how they, how they look, but how they, the characters of each of his amps are different. You can do the same at his website as well. And that's www.LandryAmps, L-A-N-D-R-Y, LandryAmps.com. Seth Babbitt, our guest here from the Tuesday X Band, or just Tuesday X, as I have learned and even corrected myself in mid-sentence so <laughs> uh, you can call me grandpa too hey i'm grandpa i'm grandpa four times now and then some hey congrats yeah thank you um tell us about your background we're before we started the podcast you and i were talking off off mic and uh you were telling right. me about a barn that really got you going right so so i originally grew up in williston north dakota i don't know how much you've heard about that nothing so 
Uh, back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, Williston experienced a massive oil boom resurgence. Like our population shot up from, I want to say about 10 to 15,000 to about 30 to 40,000 within a year. Yeah. I, I actually and, lived through that in Chinook, Kansas, where my son was born. Down southeast yeah, so Kansas. You know, yeah. You know what the experience is like. Yeah. And Nuts. <laughs> it was. It was chaotic, and I was there from the beginning of it to the end, and uh, I music was the only thing that really got me through that, and yeah. it was cool because there were a lot of people coming in and out, so I got to meet a lot of musicians, both people I went to high school with, people who were just passing through for work that I just happened to meet, and yeah. like, I don't know, I started playing in bands well, let's see. I started playing drums when I was about nine. That was my first instrument. So everything traces back to drums. Yeah. Like, uh, started playing drums, then I picked up guitar because I wanted to learn how to write songs. And I figure, like, it's going to be a lot easier to write songs on a guitar than a drum set. Right. So right. I figured that out. And within a year, I started my first band. I think we were called the Junkies. <laughs> and uh, we basically just started, like, with a combination of Nirvana covers. And then I started writing my own songs, which were essentially just Nirvana songs with new words. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're like 14. You don't know how to actually write a song yet. Right. And then uh, we played in that band for, I want to say three years. And then our drummer's family moved to Colorado. So we split up. And during that time, I started playing drums for a couple other bands. And then I started this band with, uh, two of my other friends, we were called the Amber Lamps, and we did like a Chinese fire drill kind of thing for that. We all played different instruments. So one song, I'd be playing bass. My friend Ian would be on guitar. My uh -huh. friend Hunter would be on drums. And then the next, we'd rotate, and I'd be playing drums. Hunter would be playing baritone ukulele, and Ian would be playing bass. And that, then That sounds like chaos in a jar. <laughs> oh, but it was, oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, I miss yeah. it. I miss those boys. And like, we were kids, like yeah. we were just young kids trying to have fun, trying to hang out, meet girls, just have a good time. And we did. And then of course, like, uh, they, we graduated, they went to college. Ian's going to Harvard now, that fucking genius son of a bitch. <laughs> Hunter's doing like IT stuff here in town. Him and I hang out sometimes, but, yeah. uh, it's been hard. It's hard to reconnect with friends as an adult, and that's what I've realized. And yeah. that's kind of what Tuesday X ended up being. Uh, I recorded the first EP I put on SoundCloud when I was in high school, when I was still in that band. And then uh -huh. when we broke up, uh, I kind of retreated into that. So I still had music to play and write. So I recorded an album by myself, and it was really bad, but I put it out anyway, and I was so proud of it. And I called it Self-Doubt and Perpetual Sadness. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just this thing that I kept doing and I had a little bit of a band for a while I found a couple buddies uh, two guys Anthony and Bastion who played bass and drums and they played with me for a little bit and then there was a lot of drama going on and eventually they just kind of fell out we didn't have a falling out or anything we just didn't have time to play together anymore yeah but life gets in the way of music sometimes yeah but yeah. as far as it goes every like 
I'm release. I'm about to release my eighth album as Tuesday X. Actually, by the time this comes out, it's already going to be available. Uh, my new album Lo-Fi drops on January 30th. So check it out. Spotify Bandcamp. Uh, people listening. I, I gotta, I gotta interrupt here because this airs yeah. on February 21st. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I'll, I'll yep. cut this part out. And this is one of those yep. things that I might forget about when I come to edit. I might yep. forget about this, but I'm, I'll make a note. That, yeah. Um, I'm saying this now, pretending it's in the future. Albums available on Spotify, but uh, yeah, eight albums, and I've recorded all of them by myself entirely. I've had a few people come on and do like a guitar part or a vocal here and there. Otherwise, every drum part, every keyboard, bass, guitar, every background vocal, all the production, everything that's just been me. And you produce at your own house in your own studio. Yeah, studio, house, bedroom, whatever room I have available. Shit, I did a lot of it in my car at times too. Oh, really? Huh. Especially funny. this last one, I did most of the mixing in my car. Come to think of it, no kidding, just on your computer. Yeah. Oh, I actually kind of did an experiment for this album, so it's called Lo-Fi for a reason, and it's like I went back to my roots entirely. Yeah, I used to record everything just like bare bones, no budget, just whatever I could get my hands on. And I figured, fuck it. I have wasted so much time trying to gather all this equipment and learn how to use it right and just yeah. stressing myself out with it. And I'm not even always happy with the results. Why don't I just do what used to make me happy? And so I did it. And I had these songs, some of which I've been sitting on for like a year. Others I had been writing and i just started i recorded it all on my cell phone actually wow like, <laughs> so there's this app called band lab i don't know if you've heard of it or not no i haven't no so it's like it's a social media platform and a daw a free daw at that too and funny enough it's actually pretty decent for what what is what is a what is a daw for a digital audio workstation okay. for like audio engineer people and people who work a lot right. with their own recording. So basically like the social media platform is trash. Like I don't even bother with any of that, but <laughs> it's like, not only can you access like entire songs on your computer that you're recording, like you have up to 16 tracks that you can work with and wow. That's you can go up to like 15 minutes and they actually have a very good library of presets and drum samples, guitar samples that you can utilize. Oh, that's cool. And so I figured, okay, I'm going to experiment with this, see what I can do. And I just recorded everything on my phone. Like I'd set up my phone next to my guitar and my bass amp, my little amps in my room, and yep. I just play them all through a clean channel, get a nice decent mix out of it and then start adding a little bit of effects and i wanted this to be more like a clean record kind of like a neutral milk hotel airplane over the sea kind of feeling uh, like you know <laughs> it's kind of rough but like but like it's kind of rough but it's still like pretty yeah and yeah. then the difficult part was recording drums on it like i've I always record live drums if i ever use sample drums or anything it's a stylistic choice or because I happen to like whatever I used at the time to just yeah, keep the for that song. Yeah. Yeah. But I did all live drums for this and we just moved into this house a few, about a year ago. I'm about to move out of it now. And uh, 
I had this room set up in our basement that was supposed to be my studio. It was unfinished, no carpet or anything, and I didn't get around to finish setting it up. I just set up enough for my drums to be used. Uh -huh. So this room is just like echoing like crazy, like reverb all over the place. Right. Not good for recording at all, especially not drums. But yeah, that's when you want to go get some old mattresses and start putting them up on the walls, right? But here's the thing. I listened to just like the solo drum track that I recorded for one of the first songs I did. And yeah. I noticed there's like this bounce on the bass drum and it's like a natural echo uh -huh. just on the bass. And I've oh, never cool. had an effect like that before. And I'm thinking, this is awesome. That is pretty cool. This. Yeah, And like, I figured out ways because I didn't add any additional reverb or anything to it. If anything, I had to figure out ways to reduce the amount of reverb that was on it because it was just out of control. Thundering, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And some of the songs it is a little bit rough on, but like, that's kind of the idea with the album. Like, it's about embracing the flaws in music when everybody expects perfection out of you these days. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that's like, that's the concept that I, a concept that I share with you. Like, I've, I had an eight or nine-year-old girl play a 30-second piano piece on the podcast. All right, so that's one end of the spectrum. I've also had the Glass Prism, which was the first rock and roll band ever to sign a major label in the Northeast part of the country. So I've had wow. that level of success and, and the nine-year-old piano player and everything <laughs> in between, you know, and it's the same concept. What you're saying there is that there's so many different uh, sounds, I guess, right? Yeah, and like... Throughout my entire music career, I've always been getting, I'm sure it's with good intention, but just like criticism thrown at me about like, oh, I don't like how this was recorded. I don't like how you did this. You should have done this instead. And it's yeah. like, I very rarely get feedback on people just saying like, this is really good. I like what you did with this. Like, good job. Keep it up. Instead, it's always, this was good, but. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the like, yabbits. I call them yeah. the yabbits. And this is my way of saying, like, I really don't give a fuck what you guys think. This is my baby. <laughs> I spent right. the last year in literal hell and depression. And mm -hmm. this is my way of digging myself out of it. And if you can't see any beauty in it, and if you can't see the humanity in it, well, I don't know what to tell you. Go listen to some Zeppelin or Beatles. Some That's shit right. that was made before quantization and before everything was pitch perfect and absolutely pristine and processed yeah 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 back when you had actual people with feelings doing this shit right i mean cocaine too but i didn't have the <laughs> well, that gotta, don't, don't forget the cocaine that's right so go from no, that I, mind go from that mindset uh where you are now to the song laid and draw a correlation okay so i'm actually really glad you brought that up so laid is actually the reason that this album exists really so up until the point when I wrote that song, I was in a dry spell. Like I was, I had my breakup back in May and I Never. was just devastated from it. And I was falling into very self-destructive behaviors. Like I was drinking a lot. I was, I was stoned pretty much constantly because it was the only thing that made me feel something yeah. I was abusing. I had two very big psychedelic trips that came out of like mental breakdowns that I had. Wow. And very profound ones too, which I'm not endorsing the use of that, but at the same right. time, like it worked well for me. That's all I'll say <laughs> on that. That's I I have a, a laser therapy company out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that sponsors 
my podcast, okay? And in there, I talk about having an accident where I scalded my lower back and I was on my stomach for like a month. But two weeks into it, I realized mm -hmm. I quit smoking. So I said, no, that worked for me, but I don't recommend it for anybody else. <laughs> and that's you know? exactly it. So, so then laid, so, get you, laid get you to that next place then or what? Okay, so I didn't have any inspiration to write any songs like i'd been trying for months i was busking i was performing more than i had been in uh -huh. years up to that point and i was just trying to write these new songs to get out all these negative sad feelings i had within me and i got nothing and then i met this girl and it started out as just like a friendship and then it quickly turned into honestly kind of a rebound relationship in hindsight i just ended that too quite honestly uh -huh. just a few days ago that went on for a few months but wow i wrote that song about the feelings that i had with her because i was very confused about where i was coming out of such a long relationship and not knowing where to go from there and not knowing if i wanted friendship or if i wanted a relationship if i just wanted like intimacy and it was the thing about it too it was just so cool how it came about i was i walked to a coffee shop down the street from my house and i walked back and as i'm about halfway there the melody of this song just pops into my head oh wow and i'm just like i need to get home right now and i need to pick this out before i forget it and so i like rushed home i grabbed my guitar and i just spent the next hour picking out this chord progression and then I write down some lyrics with it, and then it's like, okay, what can I throw on top of this? And I just kept adding layers, and by the end of the day, the song was pretty much done. That's I mean, amazing. I, yeah. had, I had to mix it, but like everything that you hear in the song was recorded in that one day, and from that point on, it was like the floodgates opened, all that inspiration came right back, and I went on, spent the next month finishing the album. That's amazing, man. I love how that I love these stories. I love these stories of you songwriters because I'm so envious because I've tried writing music and uh, this I'm good at. I can do this. But when it comes to writing songs, I've got trash cans filled with ideas. <laughs> you know, I just uh, I'm, I I just uh, I, don't, I haven't accessed my muse. I haven't found that part in the universe to use me as the conduit for that next song. You know what I mean? Like there are songs that are out there that work their way through artists. I'm not that I'm not that conduit. I don't, I don't, I don't find know. it, but maybe I don't it, have the I, secret I, for I, it. I'm not there yet. How about that? I don't have the secret for it, but the way I always thought of it is I want to write songs that I would want to hear on the radio. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, I realized the other day, like the perfect way to describe my music is honestly, I'm just the emo Beatles. <laughs> the emo Beatles. I love it. Oh, I love the Beatles. They've been my favorite band since I was three years old and yeah. they still are my favorite band to this day. And it's funny because you said something earlier too about when you first got into music and how you guys wanted to use that to meet girls. When I talk to older musicians, like older, like my age, you know, 60s, yeah. 70s, whatever, and they got into music because of the Beatles, because, because of girls. You know, yep. they saw girls yelling and screaming and fainting and you know, crying about the Beatles. I thought, well, I can do that. It's so funny. And in this case, it got you laid. Well, at least the song. <laughs> How about that? How about that for a segue, huh? <laughs> you know, funny enough, 
she asked me to play strawberry fields for her on our first date and i did oh no kidding how about that yeah. that's pretty impressive yeah. well tuesday x is our our guest today the song we're talking about is a song called laid we'll play it for you right here on the music of america podcast Tuesday X with Seth Babbitt here on the Music of America podcast. B. Normous Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves most, and that's production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools, all on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So, go make some records. Go make some videos. B. Normous Productions. That's the letter B. 
Normous Productions, www.bnormous productions, or on Facebook. Seth Babbitt from Tuesday X. Seth, have you done video? Have I done like music video? Yeah, you know, not not a video of me doing a song, <laughs> but like doing a music video of maybe new or of CPR. As a or... matter of fact, funny you should mention that because there is a music video for new. How about that? How about that? I couldn't have timed or planned that out if I wanted to. And that's what's no, weird that's is this perfect. was really spontaneous. I didn't know that. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Okay. No, I wanted to talk about that too. That was very perfect. How did you uh how did you come about deciding to do video and how did that all evolve and, and uh, so that that was not my first video, but here's the thing. I've only ever worked with another person on a music video once, and that was back when I was in the Amber Lamps. We uh, had a friend who did photography for us and she helped us out with the music video then. Otherwise, I <clears throat> I remember when I first moved to Fargo, I had an album coming out and I wanted to do a music video for one of the songs in there, so I had this concept where I set up my phone camera in different areas, and I wore different like wigs and disguises and whatever, <laughs> and I pretended I was a band. And oh, funny! I, like, recorded a video like that, and people liked it. Like they were like, "Yeah, that's really cute. That's funny." It took me a moment to realize, and so, like a year later, or so I did it again for another video, uh -huh. and like. It was just this shtick that I kind of kept up. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And I did all the editing for it myself, but... Wow. I don't know, like, very few of them actually had any, like, real plot. I mean, the last one I did before New kind of did, because it was kind of like a concept album thing that I was trying to push that didn't really go anywhere. But uh -huh. Otherwise, for New, I just wanted to do, like, a funny weird gen z kind of music video like the ones that i like to watch yeah like like the know, old like uh kind of stuff i'm trying to think the the, the monkeys were known for that uh, yeah you know the the kind of silly stuff that they'd they'd break into a song and they'd show them uh playing on the beach or on a swing set or whatever oh, but just I doing goofy stuff watching the monkeys i fucking love the monkeys yeah yeah so i know exactly what you're talking about Cool. And that was kind of the idea too. It was like I wanted to just amp up the silliness factor. So uh -huh. I and the video editing software I had gave me options so it could be like, oh, this looks like it was recorded on like an old VHS tape. Oh wow. I used to I used to record on VHS tapes when I was a little kid. I wanted to be an amateur filmmaker when I yeah. was like four. So that's like a throwback for me. That's but then funny. it's also like, yeah. It looks like this weird guy from the 90s and his weird-looking friends just found a video camera and decided to record a really weird music video. <laughs> and it's like... I don't know. Uh, are you familiar with, like, Mac DeMarco or anybody like that? No. no I, that that so, name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. He's recognized as the quote-unquote king of indie or prince of indie or really? whatever okay. but uh -huh. he's another guy kind of like tame impala where like me does everything himself and yeah. but his whole thing is like he's all analog like he still records like reel to reel uh -huh. four track tape like and all of his videos are done on like cassettes and things like that that's and amazing i always loved that aesthetic like i was a late 90s kid but I had older siblings who did grow up in the 90s, so mm -hmm. I got all their hand-me-downs from shit that they grew up with. So <laughs> I consider myself like a like 
a post nineties kid. Like not a two thousands kid necessarily. I did experience a lot of that too, obviously, but we were poor. So whatever we already had, that's kind of what we had for like the next 10 years. So here's a, here's a shocker that just hit me while you're talking. People that are 25 years old right now were born in the nineties. Oh, I know. I'm 26. I just turned 26. Oh, okay. So yeah, you were born back in the nineties, old man. I consider myself an elder zoomer. An elder zoomer. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, people always argue about like the generation divide between millennials and Gen Z and when that started. And yeah, there's a lot of confusion around it. And I'm kind of in that gap area where they're not really sure, but I kind of embrace it. Like, yeah, I'll be the older example of the shitty generation. Let's <laughs> try to get our shit together before we fuck it up too much. There we go. You know, it's good philosophy and it's new as is the yeah. song, as is the song. So, oh, yeah. uh, Tuesday X band, our guest here on the music of America podcast and Seth Babbitt, our guest as well. The last song we're going to hear from him is a song called new. New 
with Tuesday X here on the Music of America podcast. Seth, uh, time flies when you're having a great time, and oh, it happens yeah, a lot in this right. podcast. So um, this is the segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion, where I just shut up and let you talk about how we can help you, find you, support you, buy your merch, buy your albums, buy your books, your videos, just whatever. Go, tell us how to help. All right. So starting in about April, actually, I am shooting for a very ambitious life choice. My lease is ending in my current place, and I've decided I'm sick of living in houses, I'm sick of renting, and I'm sick of working for shitty jobs that I hate. So I'm going to live as a drifter and a traveling musician, and I'm just going to go from city to city, just playing on streets, finding gigs wherever I can, and just making friends, having a good time. So... That's what you awesome. guys can do to support me. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lifelong dream, honestly. And I'm glad I can finally get a chance to try it. But what people can do to help is uh, buy my music on Bandcamp. Uh -huh. uh, definitely my new album, Lo-Fi. Check that out. Uh, I should have it at name your price. Like, I don't even care if you throw a few bucks my way or not. Just like download the album, listen yeah. to it. Maybe you, might, maybe you might need it. Maybe you're going through a rough time and those are the words that you need to hear. But like, you want to throw a few bucks my way for gas, dude? Like, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, like I said, I'm going to be all over. So if you catch me in your city, stop by, say hi. Let's chat for a bit. And like, support a show or, or two, yeah. Exactly. If you yeah. got people, if you want me to play in your city, like reach out to me on Instagram. I have Facebook. I never use it. So like reach out on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Okay. Uh, and that's Tuesday X. Yep. Tuesday X official on Instagram. Okay. Uh, and listen up. I'm on Spotify. I have all my albums on Spotify. Uh, I have music videos on YouTube and I'm, I'm trying to be more active on TikTok. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Like, I don't know why, but yeah. I... I mean, it's fun and it's nice when I get good reception from it, but God, the consistency is so hard. And really? I'm honestly kind of hoping that like being on the road and being an active musician like that will motivate me to do that kind of thing. Cause in a way, I mean, I'm kind of turning into an influencer in a little way too, but like yeah. mostly just in the sense of, Hey, I make art. This is my art. Mm -hmm. Please buy my art so I can eat. <laughs> you know, like the are, old are days. you gonna journal? Are you gonna journal uh your oh, life on the road? I'm definitely gonna be journaling and mm -hmm. I'll probably be like doing Snapchat vlogs and YouTube uh -huh. vlogs and I'll have my cat with me on and off. Uh he's right next to me now. His name's Nix. He's my little companion. So won't be completely alone, but also hoping to make a lot of friends just yeah i've been around the country i've been to both coasts but like i've never gotten to do it alone and i mean i grew up with divorced parents yeah. i bounced back and forth between different states so i never really felt at home in one place so i'm hoping to find a home on the road like i always felt right well get down to missouri or get up to vermont wherever i am whenever i'm at either place and uh well, I'll introduce you to some folks and, and get you into some places, you know. I'll definitely let you know when I'm in either area. That'd be great, but man. Once again, if you want to support me, and if you want to support any artist in general, buy their stuff on Bandcamp first. That is the best means to support an artist by listening to their music and purchasing it. Uh -huh. Spotify might be convenient, but it's trash. 
Bandcamp is where it's at, especially okay. Bandcamp Fridays. Like, I don't know how much you know about Bandcamp. Always, I know a lot of people promote it. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't have anything oh on Oh, my it. God. Always promote the band camps. Like, that is an artist's best friend. Really? It yeah. is indeed. They keep 85. Bandcamp lets artists keep 85% of royalties. Wow. You're able to choose your price for points. Like, like I said, I do name your price for most of my things. So yeah. you can enter in zero. And all it does is ask for your email to be on my mailing list. And then you can just like listen to the album as much as you want. That's amazing. Or alternatively, like you can ship me a dollar, five bucks, 15, whatever you want, however much you want to support your artist. Yeah. And artists can sell their own merch on there. And like, no, it's... I've heard that. I've heard a lot of, a lot of my guests have used Bandcamp to sell merch. And I think that's yeah. pretty cool that it, it offers that up for you. That's good. Yeah. And I'm hoping to get on merch at some point in the future. But for now, hoping to meet people. That's Just get on the road and start shaking hands like a politician. Exactly. <laughs> and I've met quite a few politicians in this area that have passed me by. And let me tell you, fuck them. <laughs> Great closing comments. Time. Great closing comments. Seth, thanks thanks again for coming on the show. That's uh, Seth thank Babbitt. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. No problem, man. That's uh, Tuesday X and Seth Babbitt here on the Music of America podcast. Up next, country music with Eric Summer. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America podcast.